There is no other king. Come on, can you give it up for King Jesus real quick? Think about that for a moment this morning. There is no other king that has done what he did. No other king that had the impact that Jesus has had. No other king that has influenced generation after generation after generation. In fact, I would say it is safe to say there has never been anyone like him. When you look throughout history, you can see great men, great philosophers of our time, like Socrates, who taught for over 40 years, Plato for over 50, Aristotle for 40. But Jesus only lived and only had a ministry actually on earth for only three years. Three years was he teaching. Three years was he going about. But look at the impact that Jesus has had. Greater than 150 plus combined years of philosophers, and yet the name of Jesus is mentioned across every nation. The name of Jesus is being celebrated all across churches around the world today. It's Easter Sunday, folks. Come on. And he is risen. Think about the king of history, the king of time, King Jesus. There have been no other kings like him. No other kings have gone before him. No other kings after him. There is no other king. But here's what I know about King Jesus is King Jesus does things a little differently. In fact, King Jesus doesn't follow the path that other kings would follow. In fact, if you have your Bibles, if you can open up to John chapter 20, John chapter 20, if not, don't worry, it'll be up on the screens, but John chapter 20, and we're going to read about this man, this king named Jesus. Now, let me set the scene for us for a moment. The crucifixion has already happened. Jesus hung and died upon the cross for the sins of mankind. He was placed into a tomb. There was a large stone rolled in front of it. There was guards placed outside of it. And yet a moment has happened, a moment that we celebrate together. Now here's the thing. Most theologians don't deny that Christ was a good man and that he was even crucified. But because everyone knows kings, though, that are crucified, kings that have died do not come back to life. But that is why our king is like no other king. Because our king isn't dead in a grave somewhere. You never could find his body. No, he has risen from the dead. Kings will die, but not our king. You see, Jesus is no other king. Jesus is right here before you and I. In fact, the scriptures tell us this, where two or more are gathered, there he is in the midst. The scriptures tell us this, that when, when uh, the people of God will assemble, when, when we will begin to praise God, when we begin to lift up our voices like we have done today, Jesus is in the midst of those moments. Now you may sit here and think, but now wait a minute, Pastor Brian. How could he be so different? Well, I want you to think about this, the words that Jesus said when he was hanging there upon the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Even in the moments of his crucifixion, even in the moments of, of experiencing the worst pain that man could ever, Jesus still said those words, Father, 
forgive them for they know not what they do. No other king says that. No one else around us would ever say that. No, you see, Jesus knows what we do. He knows the moments. He knows all the seasons. He knows everything you and I have ever done. And yet he still looks at you and I and he still says you can be forgiven. Come on, there's no other king like that. Come on, anyone in the house ever made a mistake? Come on, just by a show of hands, you've made a mistake before. Come on, how many of you on the way in made a mistake? On the, come on, you were coming into church today, you made a mistake, yeah? See, all of us have made mistakes at one point in time in our life. How many of you ever made a mistake where you wronged somebody and they looked at you, though, and said, it's all right, it's okay. No, most of the time when we wrong somebody, they do not respond like Jesus responded. They don't look at you and go, oh, I forgive you. No big deal. No, 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 no. Some of you, you got honked at on the way into church today. Some of you on Good Friday, some people told you where to put the Good Friday. There was moments. But the beauty of the cross is that the cross made it possible for you and me, each and every one of us, to experience freedom today. You see, Jesus died, and when they took Jesus off the cross, they placed him in that tomb. They put that huge stone in front of the tomb. They sealed it, put a bunch of Roman soldiers around it. The body of Jesus was locked up like Fort Knox. So three days goes by. Three long days where the followers of Jesus thought it was over. Three long days when the followers of Jesus locked themselves up, the scriptures tell us, for fear of what was happening. Locking the door behind them. Making sure no one knew where they were. But Mary Magdalene, man, she had had an encounter with Jesus. She had remembered those moments when Jesus spoke over her. She remembered those moments when she received forgiveness. She remembered a moment that changed everything in her life. And here's what chapter 20, verse 11 says. It says, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. Here's what I know about life. Is some of us are staring at the pains and struggles of life just like Mary was. You see, Mary had lost her friend. She had lost her savior. She had lost the one who had changed her life. She had lost the one who had actually reached out to her where she was in her brokenness and said, you can be restored. I can make you whole. And Mary found herself in a moment where she had seen Jesus crucified. And she remembered some words that Jesus had said, moments speaking to some bit of a resurrection or something, but she was so overcome by her pain, so overcome by her discomfort, so overcome by things not going the way she thought those things should go, that Mary wept. And she stooped. And she looked into the tomb. You see, some of us today are staring at an empty tomb. And in that empty tomb, what you're expecting to see is you're expecting not to see Jesus. You're expecting to see your problems. You're expecting to see your hurts, your pains, your circumstances, your failures, your grievings, your past, your wrongs. See, Mary, when she stooped to look into the tomb, she was going to think, and she would think that she would see what? Not 
not Jesus alive. Not Jesus not being there. No, no, Mary, when she stooped in to look, thought for sure that Jesus would be there. But, but a moment had unfolded right before this, a moment where she knew that Jesus' body was not there. But instead of Mary thinking, oh, Jesus must have raised from the dead. He must have had a resurrection moment. Oh, he, he's still alive. No, what Mary goes to is she goes to the worst. She starts thinking that the body of Jesus is gone. So here's what I know about life. Sometimes we get so focused on our pain that we miss the moments that are right in front of us. Sometimes you get so focused on your pain. Sometimes you get so focused on that moment that you miss the moment that's right in front of you. Now think about that for a minute. Some of you have had some hard times, some, some bad reports, some difficult things that have happened in life, and the pain of that moment seems to be overbearing. It seems to be all-consuming. But look what the Scriptures goes on to say. It says in verse 12, it says, And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet, and they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Mary, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, now just wait one minute. How do the angels respond to Mary? What do they say? They say woman, and I want you to make note of that. The angels say woman, and you'll see here in a little bit a different response that is given to her. Do you think the angels didn't know she was Mary? No, of course they knew it was Mary. They knew it was that moment. They knew who she was, but yet they say to her, woman, why are you weeping? See, she is so consumed with her pain and her hurt, and her wrongs, how things didn't go right for her, that the angels look at her and they're like, woman, why are you weeping? Why are you, like, you're missing the moment. Now think about this for a second. They're angels. I know we read it in the, in the passage of scripture and we think, oh, it's just angels, no big deal. But come on, how many of you have ever seen an angel before? Not just one, two. And they're sitting at the head and the feet of where the body of Jesus had been. Angels, the scriptures tell us this, that were in white. You see, here's what's crazy, is you can be so consumed with your pain and your hurt that you miss the miracle in front of you. Some of you are so consumed with hurts and pains, someone who wronged you, a church that wronged you, a person who wronged you, a God who you feel like let you down, that even if the miracle was unfolding in front of you, you would miss it. Mary's response is a response like, oh, angels. She goes right back to her weeping. Right back to the moment where she's so consumed, someone stole the body of Jesus. Things haven't gone according to plan. Life seems to be out of control. People around me have taken from me. They took the, the one who believed in me. No one else cares. Verse 14 says this, having said this, she turned around and she saw who? Jesus standing. But what does it say? It says, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Now, now, wait a minute. Hold up. 
Mary, how do you not recognize that it's Jesus? Did Jesus, when he returned back to Mary, come in costume? Did Jesus, you know, come back and, and, and hide himself from Mary? No. No, no, Jesus was standing right there. But she was so consumed with her pain that she even missed Jesus. Ever been there before? Ever been in a place where you were so consumed with your grief, so consumed with what was happening around you? People would say, like, do you not see what's happening around you? No, honestly, I don't. Because we're so consumed with our pain, so consumed with the moment. And what pain does is pain tries to blind us to the reality of God. See, pain has this way of coming in and blinding us to the reality of God. Mary was so consumed by her pain that she missed seeing Jesus right in front of her. The very one, remember, that she was weeping because he wasn't there. The very thing that she longed for was the very thing she couldn't, she, she in her mind thought, it's not there. How many of you, like, like I'm, and, and this is what I think is so crazy when I was reading through this, because I was like, oh my goodness. We get so consumed in our pain that we literally many times miss the very thing we're longing for. It's right in front of us. But we're so consumed by our circumstances, we're so consumed by things that are going on around us that literally we miss the moment right in front of us. See, some of us are blinded by pain. Pain of a loss of a loved one. Pain of divorce. Pain of abuse. Pain of bad choices. Pain of words spoken over us. Pain of disease. Pain of never measuring up. Pain of you fill in the blank. But look what Jesus said to her. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Now notice the word that Jesus uses there. He says, woman, and still, she does not recognize Jesus. Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? See, Jesus knew why she was weeping. It wasn't like Jesus was sitting over there going, hmm, wonder what's going on with Mary. What's wrong with Mary today? There was nothing like that. Jesus knew exactly what was going on with Mary he knew what she was longing for. He knew what she was needing. But what he wanted from Mary was he wanted her to speak out her need. He wanted her to acknowledge what she was longing for. He wanted her to confess with her mouth her need in that moment. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, but with the mouth one confesses and is saved. He wanted Mary to confess her need for a Savior. He wanted her to speak it out. But she's so consumed with her pain that the scriptures tell us this, supposing him to be the gardener. She was so consumed with her pain, with her moment, that she thought Jesus was the gardener. 
Look at the power of pain. Jesus, I mean, he's talking to her. Would she not have recognized his voice? I mean, she had hung out with Jesus on a regular basis. So it wasn't that she wouldn't have recognized his voice. It's not that she would have not recognized who he was. No, she had walked with him. Her life had been changed because of him. No, 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 no. See, that's what happens. Pain blinds us from the reality of who God is. Pain blinds us from those things. And listen, some of us are in the room today, and this is what I felt like as I was preparing for this weekend, is that many of us in the room are dealing with pain, deep pain. And the pain has consumed the way you think, the way you process. And literally that pain is keeping you from seeing the miracles that are right in front of you. So it says, supposing him to be a gardener, she said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me. Tell me where you've laid him. Please, please just tell me and, and, and I'll go and I'll take him. I'll take him away. That's not where he's supposed to be. She was so consumed with her circumstances that she literally was saying to Jesus, please, if you know where Jesus is, if you've taken Jesus somewhere, please, please tell me so that I can go and find him. (laughs) See, sometimes what pain does is it forces us to see only one way. Pain sometimes forces us to see that there's no other way. In her mind, Jesus had died. And that was the only way it could go. She was so blinded by her pain that that she said, there's no way anything supernatural could happen in this moment. I saw him. He died. They placed him in a tomb. She limited the power of God. But how many of you are glad that God is not limited by our understanding or the way we process through things? Come on, anyone? That you're not, that you and I aren't bound by that type of thing and that God sees past those moments. But here's what happens many times is in the pain we begin to believe a lie. The lie is this, is that no one knows you. No one knows you. No one knows the pain you've gone through. No one knows the moments you faced. No one knows that you try to mask the pain through you fill in the blank, whatever it could be, prescription drugs, drinking, relationships with other people, more money, workaholic, you, you name it, you fill in the blank, and you sit there and you think, no one knows No one knows these things. No one knows who I am. No one knows my name. No one's seen me in those moments of struggle. No one knows my story. I've talked to people all the time, and they look at me, and they go, Pastor Brian, you don't know me. You think you know me, but you don't know me. You don't know what I've been through. And I look at them, and I say, you know what? You're absolutely right. I don't. But I know the one who does. He knows everything about you. He knows every moment of failure and every moment of success. He knows every moment where you've cried your head on that pillow at night, and he knows every moment when you've celebrated and danced around, say, man, he's a good God. He knows it. He's seen you. And this is where things change. Remember, prior to this moment that we're getting ready to read about here, is that Jesus referred to her as woman. The angels referred to her as woman. 
But something changes in this moment, and this is what I, if you could walk away with anything this Easter, it would be this, is that he knows you by name. Look what he says. It says, Jesus said to her, Mary. Think about that for one minute. One word, Mary. One word, Mary, changed everything. One word where Jesus spoke her name, called her by name, and when he did that, everything changed. It says this, it says, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. What happened when Jesus spoke her name? She recognized him. You see, all that needed to happen in that moment was Mary to hear her name. When Mary heard her name, the pain was gone. When Mary heard her name, she knew there was hope again. Listen, some of you, do you know what you need to hear today? This Easter, you need to hear your name. You need to hear your name louder than the pain. You need to hear your name louder than the struggle. You need to hear your name louder than your circumstances. You need to hear your name louder than your past. You need to hear your name because Jesus is speaking over you today and he's calling you by name. He knows you. He knows everything about you. The reason for the cross was so that you could hear your name called. The reason for the cross was so that Jesus would speak your name and would say, you have been chosen. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are a child of the king. He knows your name. He knows you. Knows everything about you. Sees you in your pain. But what happens is, is the world wants you to be focused on your circumstances. The world doesn't want you to hear your name. The world doesn't want you to know that he has a plan and purpose for you. But God has said, I know you by name. John chapter 10, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. You and I are the sheep. We are his sheep. He knows us by name. He knows everything about you. And the scriptures tell us that when one, one strays away from the 99, he leaves the 99 and goes after the one. Why? Because he knows your name. Because he knows who you are. Psalms 91 verse 14 says, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. See, not only does God know your name, but you can know his name. His name is Jesus. And when you call to him, it says this, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Isaiah 43.1 says, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. Listen, your name, your name is known by Jesus. He knows you. In the innermost parts of your mother's womb, he knew you. He has known every piece of you, every part of you, knew every decision you would make. Jesus knows you by name. I still remember when I realized that he knew my name. I was six years old. I was with my mom and dad, and we had just come from a church gathering where 
The pastor had said, if you desire to have a relationship with Jesus, you can have that today because each and every one of us have messed up. We've all screwed up. And I remember as a six-year-old boy going, yeah, that's me. I've done some things already. Now listen, I'm six years old. But here's what happens is as life begins to consume us and we start thinking that we are our problems. We think we are our failures. We think we are our pains. We're so consumed with that that we miss the other things. And I remember sitting there in that gathering that night and, and the Lord was just speaking to my heart and I came home and I told my mom, I'm like, mom, I, I, I want to know. I want to know that I'll, be, that I'll go to heaven. I want to know that Jesus knows my name and my mom led me to the Lord. And in that moment, I heard Jesus say, Brian, yeah, Brian. And you know what? Throughout the years, I've had to be reminded of my name. Because sometimes pain does consume us. Sometimes hurts do consume us. Sometimes those moments happen. But can I just tell you today, he knows your name. And he desires to speak over you like he spoke over Mary. See, your Father, your God knows you. There is no other king who knows you by name. Think about that for a minute. There is no other king who knows you by name. No other king. You, don't, you, you couldn't go out there and, and someone else, I mean, like, let's just say we'll put Donald Trump. I mean, he's the president, but in a way, in our culture and stuff, that's kind of like, does he know your name? No. Nah. The kings of history don't know your name, but there is one who does. He knows your name, and that changes everything. He is calling to you and to me, and he's saying, listen, I know your name. Now look what Jesus says. He says, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father, And notice this, and your father, to my God, and what? Your God. You see, the whole gospel is wrapped up in this. He called her by name, he said Mary, and then he said, I'm ascending to my father, oh, but good news, your father now. Oh, I'm ascending to... My God, oh, but good news, your God. Because when Jesus called Mary by name, it gave Mary access to the Father. See, when Jesus calls you by name, it gives you access to the Father. See, Jesus is the way to God. Jesus is the way. The scriptures tell us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but what? But by me. It's your Father, your God. Today, he knows your name, and he's saying to you, listen, I am your father, and I am your God. And Jesus is declaring to you and me, listen, I am he, the very one where there is no other king like me, the very one who desires to have a relationship with you. See, people ask these questions to us. They'll say, why would you invest $25,000 on Good Friday into the community? Isn't there better ways to spend that kind of money? And here's what I would say. If just one name, if just one person, one person would recognize their name, if one person would recognize that Jesus knows them by name, if just one person would hear 
their name being spoken by Jesus and would realize that their name being spoken by Jesus gives them access to the Father. If just one person would do that, would it be worth 25,000? Well, it would be worth a whole lot more than that. In fact, it would be priceless. Because one person's life that could be completely changed could change not only that person, but could change an entire family, could change an entire generation, it could change an entire community. It all happens when one person realizes their name. And so this Easter, my prayer is this, is that you would know your name. And that you would know that he knows your name. See, that you would lay the pain and the circumstances and the hurts down at the cross. And you would say, no, no, I am not consumed by those things. No, 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 I am a son. I'm a daughter of the king. He knows my name. If you could join with me right now across this room and bow your heads and close your eyes. My question to you today is this is, have you allowed your name to be spoken today? When I was six years old, I realized that I was in need of a savior. At six years old, I realized that I needed to be known by God. I desired to have a relationship with him. I was tired of my pain and my hurt and my wrongs and the things I'd done wrong, things that had been done wrong to me in my own life. I was tired of allowing those to, to be the thing that would dictate who I was. And at six years old, I gave my life to Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you haven't had that moment where you've allowed your name to be spoken. I know how to pray a real simple prayer with you. A prayer of saying, Jesus, be Lord of my life. I desire for you to know my name, to speak my name over me. He is crazy, madly in love with you. Knows every pain, knows everything you've been going through, and he's putting a miracle in front of you. And he's saying, you can have new life. You can have forgiveness of sin. Just allow him to speak your name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, here's the question. If today you have not had that moment of acknowledging Jesus as Lord of your life, and today you would say, man, I... I'm, I'm in need of forgiveness. I desire to have a personal relationship with him. I desire to hear my name spoken. If that's you, would you just real quickly just raise your hand? You just say, that's me. I see that hand back there. Come on, you would just say, that's, that's me. I need that relationship with Christ. I desire to have my name spoken. So Father, I pray right now across this room, for individuals who are sitting here in this room. God, I recognize that there are, there are some in this room here today, God, that, that they desire to hear their name spoken once again. And I pray that, that those of us who have been following you for a while, God, maybe those of us who have been serving you for a while, God, that we would be reminded that you know our name, that we wouldn't be so consumed in our pain and in our hurt. And Father, I pray for those for who this will be that moment for them of hearing their name spoken pray that this would be a life-changing moment for them. Would you guys all repeat this after me? Would you say, Jesus, right now, 
I need you. Please call my name. Forgive me of my sins, of anything I've ever done wrong. I need you. Come and live inside of me. Change my life. And from this moment forward, I will remember that you know my name. In Jesus' name, amen.